You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio show where two men who register as elders in the Gen Z gaze try to keep up with the world by checking out what's happening in pop culture with the help of a savvy young person who metaphorically holds our hands while they gently, while we gently climb down the stairs onto a street level of contemporary modern cultural assets. This week, we talk about Drake and Beyonce. Are they too grown up for the kids? Is house music an adult genre? Ah, not only that, Mar will give us a roundup of everything that has been happening in the awful internet. Let's begin. You're listening to the latest song, kind of surprise dropped by Beyonce. Not surprise dropped, but she she said she was going to release new music and she she dropped it ahead of time, uh, uh, the expected date. Uh, Beyonce's gone house. What does everyone think? I'm just living for it. (laughs) Uh, uh, Let's go. I have no words. It's 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 wonderful because it, it everyone says it's it's greater that it's coinciding with Pride Month because this is yes. the sound of a particular style of house music that that was very popular at the end of the 80s uh, and the 90s. It's got those piano riffs. <clears throat> she even shares writing credits with Alan George and Fred McFarlane, who composed uh, the timeless house classic "Show Me Love." by Robin S. Even though it's not sampling it or copying it, it uses some of the same um, um, synth presets, right? Ben, you're the Yeah, expert. I mean, this this appears, well, not controversial, but certainly something people are talking about quite a lot, which is basically like that synth sound, the Korg M1, as you'll be delighted to know, is, is very, like, forever associated with um, Robin S's Show Me Love. In fact, the Stonebridge remix of Robin S's Show Me Love. Um, and um, it has... But, I mean, it's a, it's a preset synth sound. And... Um, they basically said they sampled that song and uh, everyone was like, okay, they sampled that song. And then everyone was like, well, what did they sample exactly? Like, it doesn't have any of the same sort of notes or anything like that. And, I mean, it's like, well, they could have sort of sampled that, that synth sound, but, like, why not just get one in and play it in, in the studio? And I think it's just uh, an example of, like, people being kind of, like, overly... Maybe not overly, maybe respectfully cautious. Like, you remember when Beyoncé... Um, gave a songwriting credit to I can't remember whoever was it that said like wait up do they love you like I, I love you or, so, or something like yeah, that yeah I don't love you like I love you <laughs> but like the, there was one of Vampire Weekend who got a songwriting credit on that on that song for doing I think for like writing one phrase on Twitter or something like that um, I, I will investigate when when we come back and basically like in the sort of post uh, uh, what, the post like Marvin Gaye uh, lawsuit world people are being incredibly incredibly cautious yeah. the other thing is right I do like that song but well, really so, Robin did S? you say but yes well, it, it's, but it, it's coming no yes. well, well what I mean we'd have to say think about what show me love meant for the for the queer community the gay community which has always thrived in, in well has always been responsible for the birth of house music Frankie Knuckles the warehouse all that history which uh, most people know now but uh, I like the the version of people saying that what she's done is she's credited them as a kind of an activist staple of recognizing people who fed that movement that meant so much to the queer community it is pride month maybe she's just being her and her team of of, of people who who release music uh maybe it's just her way of, of 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 contributing to pride month in a way that isn't too obvious that she's not just co-opting she's not just like making a video with a rainbow flag and just like oh yes uh, of course i support pride no she's like actually like putting money where her mouth is and 
well, benefiting Alan George and Fred McFarlane. Maybe they're, <laughs> maybe they're not even queer. <laughs> maybe they're just like two guys who are benefiting from, from what you're saying, Ben, like, you know, uh, to avoid any kind of legal disputes. But, yeah, let's, let's believe in the beautiful story. Um, what, what's, what's, I'm getting a perception that Beyonce is now adult contemporary music. I don't, see, I don't uh, feel that her music is um, made for the kids. I don't But know. it's yeah. been like that for a long time, I feel. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's like, I don't think, ever since Lemonade, it, I don't think that was for the kids, I would say. Yeah, it's for adult people yeah. going through adult stuff like yes. infidelity in the marriage and, you know, Becky with the good hair and mm. all that kind of scenarios. And even the... It, when she the, the all the stuff that she's done between Lemonade and now you know, the, the the Lion King soundtrack you know it, it, all commercial cultural products that have a high the high quality that you expect that comes with the name Beyonce but I don't feel that she's like that worried about making music that will be as popular with kids as it is with adults no when when you're a pop artist of a certain age it's like okay you have to start um, just focusing on on a bass. Well, to begin adult. with, this song is five minutes, so that's the first sign it's not for kids. Because yeah. if you want to, what the hell is wrong with five minutes? Don't tell that me you don't have five minutes. It's more than one life. minute. If your target is like Gen Z and TikTok audience, you make a one-minute song. If it's not, you can go ahead and make a five-minute song, and you can break all all the records and everything. But it's not an audience that it's TikTok mentality because that's not. But, but uh, uh, to me, it's a good thing. I like I'm on both sides, but that's like so, um, such a, a proof that she's not targeting kids. That's five minutes. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. Ben. Thing is, if it's if this is going to be the summer of house, right? As it is. It is okay. <laughs> okay. There are very few house songs that are one minute long. Generally, after one minute, you bring like the hi hat in or something. But yeah. no like, one said you know, it. They have to be one minute. Well, I mean, you just did. I said of. that if your audience is TikTok audience, you make a one-minute song. But I'm not saying it's a TikTok summer. I'm saying it's a house summer. And but, but, you know, you couldn't ha you, like if you're going to have a big music music trend this summer, and TikTok wasn't on it, that'd be a bit weird, wouldn't it? I mean, TikTok yeah. is where. But if like, you're Beyonce, you don't need TikTok. Or if you're Drake, you don't need TikTok. But because it's it's. Mm -hmm. yeah. They're like household names. They yeah. don't need anything else. It's because this is the thing. Today's show is all about Beyonce and Drake, two of the biggest stars in music. But what's interesting is they've both gone house. Well, she with one single. We don't know if the whole thing is going to be house, but it could be, and it would make perfect sense. And Drake has gone full on. He's done a house record. And that makes me question, is house music also, has it become an adult genre? Do young kids, can young kids be expected to listen to a DJ set where each song is at least six, seven minutes before you mix the next one in? I think it is, but in a sense that it's like kind of retro, like millennial stuff, like house music, all this kind of music that Drake and Beyonce are putting out, they sound very millennial like in an old way it's like retro it's like millennials like as if there were uh, like the grandpas or something like it yeah. sounds like old music coming back when it's only been like 10 years since it's been like the thing but uh, as always it goes all so fast that it now feels like oh we're having back music from the 60s but it's actually music from 10 years ago and now kids are re-evaluating house as an as a thing that it's coming back like an old thing. Well, the interesting thing is like the, both Beyonce and Drake songs, well, Drake album, really remind me of... Do you remember like uh, Hideaway, the song by, I think it's Keezer from 2014? Don't give me that, I'm too young. Nonsense. No, 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 no. But I just don't <laughs> remember the names. Johan, do you remember that? Maybe, maybe it, it didn't happen so much here, but like round about like two, that was um 2014. There was like a couple of summers in in the UK where like there were loads and loads of songs basically using that that kind of like Korg M1 um, function, and that was when yeah. like Disclosure first came out and, and, yes. and things like that. And so it feels like almost the the house sound of Drake and Beyonce is reviving mm -hmm. that summer of like 2014, which has been like. Not even 10 years, but the fact that we can bring back 2014 as an old thing like that we can like bring back 
it's so weird, but at the same time, it makes so much sense because I was so excited to hear that Drake and Beyonce are bringing this back that it's like, oh, okay, yeah, it, it is going fast because it does feel like an old thing that is coming back. But it just, we were just listening to it uh, 2014 uh, as if it was like the, the, the best thing. And, yeah. and it's been... Six, I don't know, masters, but it's eight, not eight been years. eight years. <laughs> no, is it, we're in 2022. Yeah. But okay, look, I, this, the thing is, the, the, the kind of house that Drake has on, on, uh, honestly, never mind, is the kind of music I play professionally when I'm playing hotels and these kind of spaces, which is basically playing for people who are 40 plus years who can afford to stay in the additional hotel, right? So, and whenever I've played at a party, the young people say, Jolene, it's very boomer you're, what you're playing. P play us some of the reggaeton and stuff. And I'm like, uh, it's not my specialty, sorry. Uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I own it. It's like, okay, I, I DJ for adults, for people of a certain age. 35 is the youngest I will play, which is, cu curiously, Drake's age. Uh, so I'm interested. Maybe it might lead to what what has been happening for a long time ever since too many DJs uh, made it popular with their Radio Soul Wax album is the snippet kind of s DJ sets where you play like 30 second snippets of classic house tunes or whatever just get the hook just get the best moment and do it like a, like you're uh, it's almost as if you're scrolling through TikTok and mm. that is not the house music DJ sets that I grew up mm, enjoying when I was young and going to house clubs you know what I mean? So it's uh, I have to see. I have to see. I've never liked the the quick uh, the quick fix. Uh, you know, I mean, you can enjoy it for a while at a wedding and stuff. But I like the long the long DJ sets. You know the and and when I look at the boiler rooms that are popular these days, I see that people are still doing it. I haven't been to Apollo in a long time, but I think people still like uh, at least four minutes of a progression and stuff. No, I don't know. Ben, you've been out a bit more. <laughs> I haven't. Funny boy. A little bit. You've been to Nietzsche more than I have. I certainly haven't. No, but right, okay. Here's the thing. You ask, like, is, is house music a mature genre? Um, and it sort of is and it isn't. I mean, house music was, like, invented in 1984, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's getting on for, like, 40 years old. And that is that is pretty damn mature. And, like, I was... Um, a lot of the house music I remember I was talking in fact I was in a nightclub I was in Lout and I was talking like I, I at the time was having a real like moment of like 90s house music yeah. New York house music I know it's amazing isn't it Mar How <laughs> <laughs> and and I was like why doesn't anyone in, in Barcelona I was talking to the, the, the promoter and I was like why doesn't anyone in Barcelona sort of put on a night of like good old you know 90s New York house music like Merck and Master Work and he looked to me with this sort of friendly but rather disdaining look and he was like <laughs> because no one listens to it and i was just like oh my god i felt so and then anyway right about two months later i did an interview right here in this room with a fashionable young dj type called ace Mo. do you know no anyway <clears throat> very fashionable young you know kind of cool ah yeah yeah, yeah. i remember when you did it and he was talking about like the exactly the same new york house and i was like oh my god because, because if it comes from me it's like oh God, what is, what is he going on? Shut up. And if it comes from him, it's like, it, it sounds all like, cool. And, you know, if it comes, that's why I think like, and if you if you go to like South Africa, you've got all these cool like new variations on houses. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. I have a theory on that. And I kind of agree with what you said. But at the same time, I think it's not completely accurate of what Beyonce and Drake are doing. Because... I saw a TikTok. <laughs> it always begins like that. But um, I think um, Drake's album is not being well received in the US. Like people are not getting it. Um, and I think it's it ha this has happened because it's not a kind of house that it's the OG house born in Detroit or whatever. Was it From a disenfranchised Chicago, community, Chi yeah. the Chicago house or yeah. Detroit techno. Um, exactly. It's not that kind of route. I think it's more like European dance yeah. route. Um, and people in the in the US are not used to... We, we have a, a reference that we can go back to and we can tap in and be like, oh, this is good. Oh, this reminds me of whatever. But they don't have this reference and that's why they're having a hardest time like taking in um, what Drake is putting on the table now because they they don't have the these memories or stuff and and then this tiktok said like it was 
it was like a, a, a like a meme thing, like a person in the U.S. listening to Drake and not connecting with the music, and then people in Europe, in Africa, in um, I don't know whatever else they said, yeah, um, and they really vibing with the sound that because we have these references, and I think. This is what we're getting. We're getting a Eurodance summer. And I think Beyonce is also getting this same reference that Drake is tapping into. Yeah. Well, and I don't think people in the US are that ready. But that's why it's important that households, household names like Drake and Beyonce are the ones saying like, yes, guys, listen to this. Maybe you don't get it now, but you will end up getting it and you will end up loving it. Yeah, yeah. And look, uh, what you're saying is interesting, Mar, because as of Sunday, the only song on this album, on Drake's album, that is not house, that is like proper trap, is Jimmy Cook's, the song that finishes the album off. It's the number one song on daily US Spotify charts with nearly a million more plays than any other song off the album. Um, so it, it, I get what you're saying, like mm -hmm. America's relation with house music is is never been as mainstream as it is in Europe. There's another interesting th thing that I read from John Karamanika for New York Times. He said uh, the sweaty countercultural counter house music that he's taking influence from has also in recent years become a template for music of privilege. It is the soundtrack of the global moneyed elite, the same in Dubai and Ibiza as Miami and Mykonos. It's music that's inviting, but also innocuous. It's filled with meaning and reference, but also smooth to the touch. Can I just say, I absolutely hated the Drake album. I think it's one of the <laughs> worst things I've ever heard. I think it's absolutely god-awful, terrible. And I think he should be ashamed of putting an album so bad out into the world. Because the <laughs> and because it is precisely what you say. It is this global house sound. It's the thing that people who like wear expensive V-neck t-shirts and expensive uh, sunglasses, sunglasses go and listen to wear when they've taken too much cocaine. It's awful. Johan, I've heard your DJ sets and they do not consist of this kind of music. It is some of the worst music. It's so incredibly, incredibly bland. It has none of the spirit of house music. It has none of anything that I like. And... Uh, I think the Beyonce song is about a million times better, and it's still not all that all that good. Um, I just think I just I thought you loved the album. I thought we were all in together that no, we liked no, the knew, album. I knew Ben was going to oh come in God. with a poison. I, I, was so can, can I, can I, I thought you were going to say like, "Psych, I loved it." <laughs> can, can, I tell, can I tell you a story? Right, I may have told this before. I'm so into it now. You know how like when you someone gives you a lift in the car, yeah. it's their music that goes right because. You know, that's, that's just polite. Anyway, I got a lift from London to a festival called The Big Chill many, many yeah. years ago. Uh, and that's a long journey. That's like five hours. And Ooh. I was so grateful for them to give me a journey. And obviously, it was the driver who, who chose the music, right? And the driver was into this DJ called, and I am not joking, DJ Add to Basket. And he'd found like, this, this Romanian DJ oh called God. DJ Add to Basket. And it was... And it was literally the most boring thing I'd ever heard. It was terrible. It was just terrible. And like it was, but it was like he was driving me. And what was I going to say? And it was, I, it was literally I could find not a thing I liked about this music. Like literally not a thing. And the interesting thing is, like sometimes for me, if you, when you really hate something, do you ever have this? You really hate something, and that's the kind of thing. Like the next day, yeah, yeah, you you kind of like. After a while, you kind of like it. Like I remember the New Order song, Regret. The first time I heard, it, I was like, this is so boring, and I grew to absolutely love it. Yeah. And anyway, I checked out. Uh, our friend DJ Add to Basket later and there's nothing just literally nothing and the Drake album really reminds me of this it's just like it's no no passion no soul it's so sort of the song Massive it's like so like it sounds almost like a RuPaul song like I love it because of that <laughs> right Ma I was making notes you know how I like to make notes of, yes. about the album okay I started off um, and the first sort of like what is it one two three four five six seven eight nine the first like nine nine songs i made notes on and when i got to massive flights booked uh overdrive downhill there's literally literally nothing nothing i could say about them uh and i got to tie the bonds and my extensive notes read nice guitar uh, and that, that's it there's a guitar <laughs> in there <laughs> i think so tie that bond i think so um and so out of the the drake house album you, your highlight was a guitar <laughs> well, and the last song, the last song, the the uh, was it? Oh, so you're American now because you the only one you liked is the the the, the trap, trap song. one. Americans invented house music, right? But I'm Don't, saying you know. Eurodance, Eurodance. Do you remember like I when I had my first phone and all the? Like, you remember when yeah, I yeah, had? Yeah. I remember you phoned me up and you were like, "Hey, I got my, my first, first phone. mobile phone," and I had all these songs like by this European 
artists like I don't know they were all Italian and from Bulgaria and stuff like that like Eurodance is coming back and it's the best genre of music no, and I think of course Drake is not European and he's not gonna make exactly same thing I don't want the exact same thing if I wanted to hear the same exact thing I would listen to that music because it's still available but I like that he's getting into that mindset and doing his Drake version. But, yeah. What Drake has always done very well, and I take my hat off to him, is he has co-opted different styles of music. He yes. does it with rap styles of music, he does it with uh, electronic styles of music, and he does it brilliantly. Drake, ever so often, I don't listen to Drake albums, but ever so often Drake drops an absolute banger of a single, and you're like, okay, Drake, you've, you've done it, I'm going to listen to this all summer, right? And he, so he co-ops as well. Right? Like, I'm thinking of One Dance. Look how cleverly that yeah. used, like, sort of Afro beats Afrobeat. and that used, like, UK funky and various kind of things. And he just hasn't done it. And honestly, never mind. It's just like he has not added anything of himself to that. And, like, when I listen to one song, like, I listen to Falling Back, that's a single, isn't it? You know, I listen to it and I, ah, it's kind of all right. And I thought, like, Sticky was, was all right. Had that kind of, like, stuttering kind of thing. But he just hasn't added anything. And, in fact, to the point where I heard a conspiracy theory that I rather like. What? Right. Drake heard that Beyonce was about to release a house song. And there was no way he was going to top Kendrick Lamar's Mr. Morale. Exactly. So he was like, right, I'm going to get some crap house sweepings from the SoundCloud floor and rap on top of them. But that's very intelligent. And, and I just, no, of and I love intelligent. Of course, that. I, I love the way Drake does that. Yeah, I love the way Drake uses other parts of music. But God, this is terrible. Now, it's do you know it's been nine months? <clears throat> this album has come n nine months after Certified Loverboy. And what was on the cover of Certified Another Boy, designed by Damien Hirst? Pregnant lady emoji. I love that. <laughs> so He's is, a Swifty. So maybe it's like a <laughs> rebirth. Rebirth. Although I do, uh, I do agree with Ben that some of the lyrics feel like he's improvising and, and he yeah. repeats and it's repetitive. By the way, uh, the pussy is calling me line. <laughs> <laughs> For a 35-year-old man, maybe that's what, 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 a little bit cringy. What's this like? Drake, Drake's whole brand is being kind of cringy. Yeah, and, and he does it, and, and the older he gets, it's going to become even better. Like the memification of yeah, like okay. Daddy Drake, like 40-year-old Drake is going to be he so so great. He posts memes of himself on his own Instagram account. Like he's playing the same game we are. Like no, he's so intelligent. Look, like he's not, he's I, not saying no to all the people laughing at him. He's going to be like, he's like, oh, you're laughing at me. I'm going to monetize that. It's because he understands the power of communication of the meme. When mm. you're an artist and you depend so much on communication, on your, on your name being used in pop culture in any kind of way, the meme is a great asset and no one has tapped into the memification like Drake and... Julio Iglesias. No! Oh, Jesus. The show is cancelled. The show is cancelled. No, 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 no. Drake is modern day Julio. <laughs> right, uh, but, but, but hang on, hang on. Drake has always done this very well. But as Johan, you and I have discovered, well, I'll speak for myself, as I have discovered, there comes a moment where, you know, you can't really be on top of popular culture anymore. Okay? Uh -huh. And maybe this is Drake's moment because this is not like, the, you know, maybe this is his misshoot. And maybe... Like, because that's that's why I like about the Beyonce conspiracy theory, which I really don't think is true, but I really like it. Which is, but oh god, like, how's it going to be? Right, I, I got to come out and make, make make this house thing, and it just doesn't feel doesn't feel like like mm. like he's done it. Maybe this is the moment where popular culture is like, all right, right. In fact, Certified Lover Boy wasn't that big. Because no, he it's, was it's his worst. It's his worst reviewed, yeah. and it's his worst performing. I don't know if it's his worst performing because his streaming figures are always like. All the songs are the, the most listened to or the most uh, um, uh, downloaded from of the week on Apple Music and Spotify, etc. But uh, I have to say I liked Passion Fruit. I liked uh, Hold On, We're Coming Home. All those sort of okay, late night... Old songs by Drake. Oh, yeah, the old Drake songs where he did put the dance beat onto mm -hmm. himself and he sang more than he rapped. Uh, mm -hmm. I always liked that version of him. And I appreciate this album. I don't think it's the strongest thing ever, but I appreciate but that But coming vibe. from Certified Lover Boy, which is like, okay, Drake, you've been doing this for like a thousand years. We've heard you. you we don't need 30 more songs that yeah. sound the same. Coming from that, doing a dance album, like it can be the shittiest dance album, but it's like, oh my God, you really understood that you couldn't make another album that sounded exactly the same. And you've gone to a point that it's kind of not like risky for for Drake to to try 
but at the same time, he's Drake. What is risky to him? Nothing. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. And that's made me like it even more. And the fact that, I don't know, I, I just love the song Massive. Like, haven't you been listening to that on repeat? I thought we were on the same page, <laughs> but <laughs> apparently not. No, no, I, 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 the more I listen to it, uh, the more I enjoy it. And I have to say, I enjoyed it a lot more this morning, listening to it on, on, air, on, on earphones. And that's another thing that someone said uh, in one of the reviews for this album, how it's 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 more than a, a record to play in clubs. It's more a record to hear in like lifestyle shops or or or, or Thara home and stuff or on 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 MP3 uh, I, earphones. I hate to say it, though, but when people say a record is something to be listened to on headphones, it generally is like an excuse for something that's a bit shit. Yeah, <laughs> there was that whole thing about people like making wonky, those kind of wonky electronic rhythms that have nuances that you can only appreciate on headphones. Headphone house, click house. Look, think of your favorite. Think of your favorite songs in the whole world, right? Yeah. Do they need to be listened to on headphones, or could you listen to them on a shitty laptop speaker and really enjoy them? Yeah, it's because there's. I think it, you can separate a lot of music by music to listen to on shitty speakers and still get the emotion. Music to listen to in big rooms with massive speakers and music to listen to on little MP3 headphones. You you can. I'm not. I'm not denying that. Look, I listen to most of the music on on headphones, right? And I totally agree that the music just generally sounds better on headphones. And there is music that's better suited for headphones. But like, I just find that if you have something that's good enough, that's actually that much, of, yeah. You know, you you can listen to it on on whatever kind of thing you want. And if people are saying, ah, oh, no, 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 you don't understand the Drake album because you need to listen to it on headphones, that mm. is basically. I don't. I don't think that's a very good thing. I I said one thing, right? Okay, in in my extensive notes. In which boring <laughs> appears many, many, many times. Um, it does get a little bit repetitive, which equals to boring. Like the wholesome experience of the album, I'll agree with that on you. Well, I thought like I thought maybe he's going for nonchalant, and I quite like nonchalant music. But when does nonchalant become boring? Ah, it's because it's an I, art. I don't think it's boring. It gets boring. There are songs that I skipped. I am not saying it's a non-skip album. Hmm. Of course, it is a, a skippable parts but there's songs that are danceable and i want to hear when i'm with my friends and and yeah. it i don't know i i have we been listening to the same album <laughs> i'm so lost now i, I there's a, at least a couple or three that are very danceable because their house and not kind of house that it's nonchalant it's soft house it it's... makes you want to walk fast yeah and this is a, a kind of house that it's LGTB <laughs> friendly and also that no, but it's not soft. It no, makes but you all houses is LGTB friendly. House, no, but that's where the, house came from. For yes, God's sake. It's, yes. Come on. It, but the, there's a, an evolution of it that it's kind of boring. That it's for like ambient and and chill mm -hmm. out zones. Yeah. But I'm saying the OG that makes you wanna walk fast because it's like the meme that gay people walk really fast. So, so, so this, a couple of the songs makes you want walk really fast and dance and be with your friends. It's ah, not that boring. You know what this album sits well next to? Remember that Park Hyde? The gentle gym? embrace of death? No, <laughs> no so. you know, sitting on leather sofas. Not leather sofas. Uh, yeah, leather, uh, sitting on leather sofas or in the back of a limo. No, seriously. Remember that? Was it Park Hai Jin's album that she made during the pandemic that also had very soft beat house? That was also not very good, yes. Oh, we, we gave it a positive review. Oh, not Park Hai Jin. I think, I think Yeji, maybe. Or was it Yeji? It, was, it might have been Yeji. Sorry, there's me. Uh, I confused them because they're both... Don't say that. All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should I cringe? Um, we're talking about Drake. I'm allowed to be a bit cringy. Uh, <laughs> no, but yes, it was uh, Yeji's album. And how it, she made that kind of soft house because she was uh, making it in an apartment. She didn't want to mm, disturb the neighbors. So that's the reason why mm -hmm. it all sounded like softer. I like it because I think there is room for this kind of house music that isn't exactly for dance floors or nightclubs, even though you can play it. But it's more for the... Other elegant places where you can go and hang out with people. Ron Trent, the veteran uh, Chicago house producer, has mm -hmm. released a new album. It came out on Friday um, called What Do The Stars Say To You? And it is relaxed house, kind of quite new age house. It's house for like lying around on a summer day. Yeah. It's a thousand times better than this. And I what's, it, what's that person's name? Ron Trent. Ron but, Trent? Yeah, personally made Altered States. It's got a new um, album. Um, 
and it's really good. Um, what do the stars say to you? Also, can I can I say something? Right, I'm not I'm not letting this go. I'm absolutely upset. Mark, don't look at me like that. You're no, I'm you're... listening, <laughs> listening. Okay, so currency on this album, uh, currents, excuse me, um, has that sort of uh, bedspring action. Oh yeah, bedspring sound, which yeah. is and like, it literally sounds like bedsprings. Yeah. Do you know what it actually is? What? It's not bedsprings. It's a rocking chair. Oh. And do you know how I found that out? How? Unique. Unique told me. Unique. Oh. Unique was sat here. She is the queen of Jersey Club, and she, and she told me that it's a rocking chair rather than a bedspring. Anyway, um, that's a fun like fact. Yeah, it is. Thing, yeah. Um, um, okay, but I thought the bedsprings was like like being sort of uh, like sort of saying this is a music to listen to while you're making the bedspring with someone else. Well, it, it <laughs> is. It is because I think the person who initially sampled it was like oh this is a bedspring but it was actually a rocking chair but anyway uh-huh. um it's used sparingly in jersey club yes but like on currents it's just like eh, 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 the whole bloody song and it's just awful and off-putting and terrible yeah. and it just strikes to me as someone who's like all right what's a cool what's a cool sound oh people in jersey club use this sound all right i'm gonna put it on i'm gonna put it everywhere yeah. you know i'm not going to use it like in in a sort of sparing to give it just to settle i'm just going to put it all the way through and it's awful it's like the least sexy thing i've ever heard in my entire life it made me want to like become a monk it really did yeah. to, to denounce the whole thing it's 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 such a bad 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 use of of that and such a bad song it just speaks to someone who doesn't understand is is jersey club what they also call like bounce music Or is it similar? What, I don't, don't know. You know, bounce, which usually has that kind of boing boing, or uh, well, it's it's like unique. It's like our, our, yeah. our old friend unique. You know, she makes Jersey Club. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, but they, I don't see the Jersey Club because Jersey Club is usually quite fast. It's quite 126 BPMs upwards, isn't it? And and this one is all 120 BPMs. It's not really a fast fast house song i i think it fits in very well with 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 drake's universe of you know the late night sad boy hanging around in luxury hotels feeling sad because he's rich but he's lonely at the top and you know just like julio iglesias and uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh it's something that i can relate to <laughs> i'm also rich and alone no, I'm kidding. <laughs> can, can, can i say one thing Honestly, never mind. It's such a good album. <laughs> it's it is. Oh, oh okay. finally. I like the fact that it's also an homage to Virgil Abloh, his friend uh, who passed away last year, sadly. Oh, how? Like he said it? or is Yeah, yeah, like... yeah. He's, uh, there's actually a song which samples uh, uh, um, uh, Virgil's voice, uh, spoken word. Hang on, where are my notes? I've got them here somewhere. Uh, so you know it, it obviously left a, an impact on Drake and look this is something that Justin Sales wrote for The Ringer you know there's a real life bleakness to much of honestly um, that begins with the shadow of Virgil Abloh the fashion pioneer and noted dance music head who died in November in a deliriously rambling poem posted to Apple Music Drake dedicated the album to Abloh and on Sticky he samples his late friend's voice So it's a it, it's the it's a different kind of sadness that you, we've never seen on Drake. This one is an honest, melancholy sadness for the passing of his friend, not just the sadness of not trusting the people who clean your house, <laughs> which is something that Drake has rapped about. Should we ever listen to a song and then uh, I want to see how all this fits into Sonar? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, we'll have a listen to Falling Back. Bye. This is a record for parents who still want to go to Sonar 
which doesn't diminish his status. Um, it's nowhere near career suicide. It's career complementation. Do you know when Robert Patterson said that he makes ambient music just to relax? Yeah. Like, that sounds like the kind of music he would make, frankly, <laughs> with a bit of a beat. Well... Although I think as we established, Fred again makes all of the music for Robert Pattinson and gives it to him. And then Robert Pattinson pretends to make it. And Fred again is also an artist that I think is making mm, modern a modern version of house mm -hmm. music for for th that connects with pe young people like Mars Mar and and also with young people like Mar and elders mm -hmm. like myself. You know, I, a lot of people are like ah, Fred again is a bit cheesy. It's a bit obvious. It's like I don't care. I love it. Yeah, it's you know I I, I need that. But but, um, yeah. but wouldn't it be great like if this. Drake album had something that was cheesy on it. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing cheesy. It's, like, it's like grey tones, you know? Yeah, like, but he's good at the grey tone. Brown tones. No, not uh, sandy tones. Sandy. You know, the beige. sand. Beige. <laughs> it's very beige. beige. Oh, great. It's beige very beige. And to but not to in a bad way. Be beige sometimes people... Beige. I like beige. The, the, the beige mood. But, um, but yeah, speaking of parents who, like to, who want to go to Sonar, but couldn't, <laughs> uh, because we're parents and well I yeah I'm a bit of a curmudgeon this week because not going to Sonar made me really depressed <laughs> and, and a very horrible person to be around um, <laughs> so so for those of you who did go tell us about Sonar Mar don't worry I'm here to make <laughs> you feel happy because I'm not going to give you any FOMO um, <laughs> first off I think now that I'm talking about it next year I will ask for a press pass because I'm I'm talking about it on the radio, and this I this qualifies for a press yeah. press pass. Exactly. Well, I paid for with my own money to go um, to Friday night sonar whatever. Ah, you only went Friday yeah, night because wow. I'm poor. And it's your first sonar. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So how, wow, this is this is the title yeah, of the yeah, show, yeah. Mars first sonar. Exactly. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, I don't know what to expect, um, but I went there. I was looking at the days and who came each day and stuff and I I had to go the day that Zetangana went because mm -hmm. I missed the, the day that the he went to show. yeah so I was like yeah whatever let's go um, and my conclusions are it was uh, that's not Sonar's fault that it was one of the hottest days of the year mm -hmm. it was extremely extremely hot it was like at it was night already and it felt like it was 30 degrees outside. Yeah. And and then sonar happened in like these like warehouses or like huge yeah. spaces. I don't know how it's to call it. It's a convention center yeah. on the way to the airport. Exactly. And there were a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people waiting for Zetangana. And it was so, 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 so hot. Like Sticky. Yeah. But uh, humid. Uh, not not a cool kind of hot. It was uh. way too hot. Andrea, who works here, Andrea Gomez, um, had to get out of the crowd of people because it was getting too much, and and she couldn't see the 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 whole show, or she had to see it from very far away. Um, but people who had, um, how do you call? Uh, umbano in English. Oh, uh, the, fan. the fan, a fan, like yeah. a fan, a hand. People fan. who had like, like a Sevillana dancer. Yeah. As we were seeing a very Spanish person called El Madrileño, everyone had um, fans in their hands. <laughs> so we didn't faint on like watching. And the thing is, he was very late. Like he he took a long time to to begin, and I was kind of getting mad. Like, come on, is this like a performance? Like he's called El Madrileño, and he said no to Primavera Sound, and now he said yes to Sonar, but maybe he won't show up here, and he will be like, yeah, ha, ha, I love Madrid, fuck Barcelona, <laughs> or whatever. I was like, is this going to happen? Fun. Am I going to be like the one who gets pranked by Zetangana? But no, he showed up. He had the whole thing. He had like the whole... Like his um, concert vibe is like uh, an after dinner at a restaurant, yeah. And and it every like La, La Ungara was there, El Niño de Elche was there. Um, Nati Peluso, right? Nati Peluso came out and they did together because Nati was playing later, um, and they did Ateo together. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. I must say, I was about to have a heat stroke, but it was worth it. He played, he sang the song with. Not with Rosalia, but the one he has with Rosalia antes de morirme. And everyone was like, oh, 
is he is he is he singing the song that he has with an ex that they had a very troubled like um breakup and they kind of hate each other and he did and i was like yes i love that he gave a little bit well, of tea wait a minute wait a minute is it confirmed that they hate each other because i guess I, uh, yes didn't he say he, some quite rude things about her? in in an interview with yeah. brock deluxe he said like what did he no, say no he said I, I he remember, said like he distanced himself from, but, but he did something that was like, come on, get over it. But like, El, El Malquerer is kind of about him, and he he wrote most of it. I don't think it's about it. Yeah, with but her. yeah, Co-wrote, yeah. No? That's kind of weird. And I it's weird because she sort of says thank in her thank yous on El Malquerer. She thanks him, like Anton, for mm -hmm. his work, but then she also dedicates the album to the person who inspired it, like separately. So I don't. So it's like. Uh, it's, yeah. it's not like sure thank you for producing inspired? the album and for inspiring. Are you hmm? sure he inspired it? I, well, that's what we all we've all no, been taught to believe it's, that. It's, it's, wasn't the discourse like, no, it's about this book that someone gave to me, and I'm just inspired by, by this jealousy, medieval book, whatever. No, well, she talks about jealousy and stuff, yeah. and we kind of, well, at least it's easy to believe that she was. Yeah, she felt jealousy when he was, you know, touring and being a party boy. Well, he's playing. Was, in the game because he sang this song and he knew people would be like shocked that he still plays this song wow. in the live set. Well, it was amazing. I really enjoyed it. After that, I was way too hot. The The stakes were way too high and everything else kind of flopped to me. Like it was kind of oh, like... What did you say? You peaked too early. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, If you, I guess if, if what you want to see is stay thank Anna, then... Yeah, but... Uh, after you see a concert, you're with the high and, mm. and everything else comes in yeah. easy. Yeah. But it, it didn't to me that night, especially because Natty didn't do like a great, a set that adjusted in what I understood for Sonar. Like she played kind of as she was playing for the Jardins de Pedralbes yeah. um, festival. It was like, if that was in... Pedralbes, it would be an amazing show because yeah. it was kind of jazzy. She was kind of improvising the songs. The most popular ones didn't sound like the one like the songs. It was like she made a version for it, and it was like yes for a, a more posh festival, but no yeah. for sonar. For sonar, you want to dance, you want to be edgier. If if you if I'm here, I want to hear the hit. I want to hear it as I see it and I want to have the full energy to dance to it and it was not that kind of vibe so I was like the bar mm. went lower after the Zetangana show and I was like I, I left before it finished um, the, the Nati Pelusa show and then after that um, there were more acts like people were very excited for Moderat and for Did the you place. see Moderat? Yes. And? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not like a big fan like I haven't I think it was an amazing show if you're super into it. But if you're like someone who doesn't know much, you it's more difficult to to like be into it in a concert. Like there's artists that if you even if you don't know any song, you can be there and have a great time. I don't think it was the case in this time. Like I didn't have a bad time, but I, I was not like oh wow this show. Even though I don't know these artists, uh -huh. changed my life. So you didn't see any DJs. Um, maybe. Yeah, I, I, no. Um. No, I, I just find this really interesting because like Sonar is obviously renowned as like an international get together of electronic music. Mm -hmm. um, and this year it was neither particularly international, like 70 people from, 70% of people from mm -hmm. Spain. Yeah. Nor was it particularly ele electronic. I mean, like, you know, the, the big person that everyone was going to see was, was De Tangana and then you yeah. had like Nat Nati Beluso. And Mora the next day is I wanted to see. Um, and I just, it's, it's like, I wonder if that's something they're going for. Is that like a big a big change they're trying, or is it just sort of just so happened that this year that's what they're doing? Because then, like a but, few days later, Drake comes out with his house music album. It's house music summer. Mm -hmm. It's like wow. Yeah, I think my conclusion out of this sonar experience, I liked it, but I think next year I'm gonna do the same thing. Like just a one day pass, but I'm gonna try the day the day daytime daytime sonar. Because I think I would have, after seeing the stories of people that went also there, but went more days than me, mm -hmm. I think I would have enjoyed more the daytime um, yeah. access. It's a totally different experience, exactly. daytime sonar. Exactly. It, it looks and it feels, from what I saw, so different from what I experienced, which wasn't bad, but 
wasn't like mind blowing to well, me. Because as you point out, the night the nighttime experience, you're in that massive, massive warehouse space. Uh, it's all very, it all feels very industrial, and it's and it's it romanticizes the techno experience. You know, the techno that you imagine of places like. What's this place in in Germany? Berlin. Uh, yeah, Berlin. <laughs> uh, the, the that huge the uh, warehouse. Thing. No, not not Bergheim. Well, Bergheim as well. But but there's the other one. F f not Fabric. Uh, it, it's got a record label and uh, they've got DJ series. Trezor. Trezor. You know, it's that kind of Trezor experience of listening to really cold, uh, harsh techno in this massive space with thousands of people. Uh, and I kind of like it for a while, but I much prefer the verbena de pueblo modernísimo that you have mm -hmm. during the day where everyone looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got all their like sort of sonar looks mm -hmm. and uh, you're listening to all these new artists that you've never heard of. You don't really need to research. They're just like giving you different vibes. Yeah. It's a different thing, the, 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 the daytime. It's I prefer more, the day as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I will do a review next year So which one's the better. Do you think, right, that Drake would have fitted into Sonar this year? Oh, yeah. After Zetangana. <laughs> if he'd done... Drake and Zetangana. Wow. <laughs> Headlining um, Sonar. That would be interesting to see. That would yeah. be interesting. Yeah, yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah. Thing is, Sonar, that's what I like about their business model. They've never had to invest in mm -hmm. really, really expensive headliners to sell tickets because what yeah. they're selling is those two different experiences of the daytime one, you know, you're showcasing stuff, and then you've got this nighttime massive experience. Uh, it doesn't matter if you've got... I mean, obviously, they have big people like the Chemical Brothers, Moderate, which I, the last time I saw them before they did that, weird split up thing or hiatus uh, is like this is for me the headliners of the future because they have this incredible blend of uh, cutting edge electronica but with the kind of dark ambience that you find in a lot of rock music like Radiohead or I don't know and and it was a perfect the perfect meeting of minds Apparat with uh, Mode Selector and uh, that's why I had a lot of high expectations I didn't get to see them at Sonar and I'm surprised that you weren't um, amazed by it because it's the kind of band that you don't even need to listen to their albums to enjoy their live experience. Huh. Can I give a shout out for Festival of Jardins to Pedro Alves because I'm going tonight and I'm going to go and see Madness and I absolutely love Madness and also I've got to say the, the, the line of this year has really gone for it. It's got Madness, Aha, The Beach Boys, Simply uh, Red. <laughs> yeah, I don't quite go to Simply Red. Um, Jesse Smith. Z. It, it, it's, it's quite glam up. It's very nice. <laughs> have, you, have you ever been? I've never been. I wish. I, I think I would really enjoy it like as a single concert. It's really nice and relaxed. You go up there and it's like this this sort of, um, well, it's in the Jardins, which is, which very is nice a place. beautiful little garden, even though they don't allow dogs in. So, fuck. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it's like a park that doesn't allow dogs in. Hello. What, what city do we live in? Anyway, sorry. Continue. Barcelona. <laughs> uh, and they've set up this really nice well I don't I think they've set up this sort of like kind of almost circular seating so you've got like the, the, the stage one and it's small it's like the, I don't know maybe one and a half thousand or something like that and you know if you're seeing someone like Bob Dylan or someone it's like wow one and a half thousand and also that is it just that I'm getting older that I really like the bands or is it yeah that's what I think it embrace is. it you're, you're becoming I am embracing it don't you <laughs> yeah yeah you're gonna watch Mad Madness I've always wanted to embrace Pedralbes I just haven't found the moment to go but uh, that vibe of wearing white trousers to a to a concert and <laughs> sipping white wine while you watch yeah simply red and stuff it's 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 uh, it, I feel closer to that now than going to sonar by night can I briefly prove mathematically why madness is better than Drake's new album why because How? madness took their own take on a pre-existing type of music and made something new and different out of it, whereas Drake uh, Drake didn't. Drake hasn't, on, honestly, never mind, he really hasn't. Drake has just, like, he's stamped absolutely no personality. In Madness have lots and lots of personality. Yeah. They're touching. And this, uh, I think Drake would kill for even a third of the personality on one, on, on one of the songs. But I do think it is his, his the Drake vibe of that, I, I insist, that late night soft beat Either in trap or in or in house, I think it's made it, it's made it. He's made it his. Even like when when people accused him of milking the weekend's first mixtapes, that kind of sad boy trap vibe. Uh, I think it's just it's become part of his his uh, his formula, mm -hmm. his formula. I think there is there is personality, but at the same time, I I understand your feeling. If I'm old, I'd rather listen to Madness than Drake. 
which are both fundamentally music for old people right now. So there, there we'll go. Sorry, I don't know why I'm being so rude today. Apart from like, I had to listen to the album and it really annoyed me. As you can probably guess. <laughs> and so you're going to Pedralbes. You've been to Sonar. What, what else has been happening? Oh, uh, no, uh, I think... No, I think what we need to do now is remind listeners why Madness is one of the greatest bands uh, that to come out of Brit British music. Let's listen to a cut uh, called My Girl. Wonderful madness. Oh, boy. Uh, we have uh, less than 10 minutes left. How about we let Mar give us a little recap of what's been happening on the internet? Oh, that okay. place. <laughs> that place. That place where yeah, adults actually, are not welcome. I, I just lied. It's not even an internet recap. It's whatever I want to talk about, <laughs> as always. But I'm, I will try to do it um, very fast. So, first thing you have to know about this week or last week, yes, this time, today. Um, there's a big cultural shift happening. What is happening? A big pillar of the internet of internet culture is coming to its end. And what is that? After 13 years of daytime television, the Wendy Williams show is officially coming to an end no! this week. Yes. And you might be thinking, why is that relevant to us if we are normal people who don't watch TV anymore and also don't live in the US, the place where this show is aired? <laughs> well, that's a good question and a very bad one at the same time. Because Wendy Williams is basically the creator of internet culture and internet as we understand it now, or at least I do. Um, every reaction video, every iconic sentence you hear, everything you see on Twitter is possible and exists because this woman made it like this woman is the one that is behind that the sentence or or the clip or whatever when someone says death to all of them it's because wendy williams said it on her show really uh, yes when she was talking about the 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 britney case and she was like oh her parents are also guilty blah 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 death to all of them <laughs> and then the audience reacts like <gasps> it's an iconic moment or when I think I feel I feel like I've said this sentence in this show, especially like a thousand times when I say she's an icon, she's a legend, she is the moment. <laughs> it's because Wendy Williams said it in her show. Or the iconic, maybe one of my favorites, instead of Dua Lipa calling her Dula Peep, that's, <laughs> that's because of Wendy Williams. And so many more, like I cannot put images on a podcast, but all the images that the reaction videos that come out of this show are like incredible like this woman is the creator of the library of alexandria of this century like you don't understand how much of a cultural shift the ending of this show means like it means no more new content that can be viral reaction videos like i i don't know what comes after that but it's coming well and, we have the the way but the thing is the way is a great talk show to watch I have never watched the Wendy Williams show. Like, what is that? I have no clue. I, I, it's just the con, the clips and the viral reaction that she makes out of that. But yes, if you want a talk show, an actual talk show to to watch, um, please watch Zwe. It's the best. Um, but yes, I we don't. Nobody cares about the Wendy Williams shows as a show, but okay. as a <laughs> as a cultural phenomena itself. And I I read somewhere that. They're like throw because the the show is ending because she I think she is battling with like some illness that it's actually oh no. very like yes um and and all I read that all the memorabilia from the show like the set and stuff is being thrown away like the amazing 
and purple chair and everything that you can relate to that show is like just thrown. And someone, <laughs> I agree, and I have to quote what someone said on Twitter, like they said, I would rather the Mona Lisa be put through a paper shredder than the purple chair go in a landfill. <laughs> and I agree because that, how iconic is that? Like, oh. how could we throw it away? How are we going to talk about this? Like, a million years, not a million, but a thousand years later, we're going to be talking about the Wendy Williams show and how that changed the internet and how that no, made possible internet language. And then we will say, oh, yes, and the iconic pur purple chair, somebody threw it away. No, we cannot do that. Nobody put the Mona Lisa through a paper shredder when Da Vinci died. So we're going to keep the purple chair too. Yeah. Well... That's it. That's it for the Wendy Williams show. Thank you so much for being an icon, queen, legend, the moment, and whatever <laughs> else you want. Um, and now moving on to things I've observed uh -huh. on the internet. Because I've been looking, I've been looking as always, yeah. and I th I've noticed something, and I have proof to back it up that I'm not making this up, that Catholic chic is a thing. Because one of my <laughs> favorite influencers, Orion Vanessa on Instagram, have, has taken this Catholic aesthetic, like, as her new oh, thing. Oh, come on. Yes, yes, I swear, like, she, big crosses, Baroque motifs, braids, lots of lace, like, vintage, like, underwear, I don't know how to say, like, vintage nightgowns, like, it's yeah. very Catholic reminiscent, lace, like, no? yeah, a lot of lace, and... The, it's Catholic aesthetic, and I thought I was the only one seeing it. Like, uh, am I am I tripping? Am I making this up? But no. Later, Kourtney Kardashian a few weeks ago had yeah. her iconic Italian Catholic folklorization wedding happen, and if you look at the picture, like it's basically a folklorization of of Catholic aesthetic. Like people are making it like a trend now because her even her veil, like it was like a giant. Um, lace thing with a Virgin Mary like embroidered yeah. giant Virgin Mary like and she had like this slutty wedding dress like like an, a, a Catholic slutty Catholic aesthetic chick it's what's happening now yeah. and mm -hmm. yeah like I don't know like I, I'm not making this up I, when I say like every trend is a cycle <laughs> even millenary like religions include this cycle like it's it's back but like the thing is, Madonna did this a lot before. Her whole 80s persona was mm -hmm. this Italian-American Catholic girl who gleefully sinned like a virgin, being the zenith of this phase in her career up until Vogue, when she became the queen of queer, milking Vogue dancing from the New York City ballrooms. But the the whole wearing George Michael wearing the, the, the crucifix earring, it was a thing in the 80s where it was like, oh, you know, what? how can we be a little bit um, um, controversial but, you know, play with religious imagery, but in a way that isn't totally defamatory or anything. And, and it was a thing. It was like, oh, you know, it was very cool to wear crucifixes. Well, it's back. And it's back in a virgin <laughs> suicides kind of way. Like, oh, you will never get me. I'm like... God, I love virgin suicides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, oh. it's back. We're, we're, we're becoming Catholic schoolgirls now. Okay. Something else from the 80s is going to make a comeback this summer, right? Yes. Now... For the last <laughs> section of this very brief um, recap, I'm going to talk about movies because I'm a film bro. <laughs> I'm super into <laughs> movies. Follow me on Letterboxd. I've seen three movies in my life. Um, <laughs> but I have two movies that will change my life forever and your life because I'm going to be insufferable and you will never hear me shut up about it. But one thing is happening. Well, next year, but whatever. I'm going to talk about it from now on. The Barbie movie. The Barbie movie. The Barbie movie. The Barbie movie. Like, it's happening. We're getting it. Like, we're getting more and more information information about it. But you don't understand how important this is to me. Like, this just comes to prove that I'm the main character and you're all extras <laughs> in my life. Because who else is more catered to than a movie directed by Greta Gerwig? About Barbie, <laughs> with Margot Robbie as Barbie and Ryan Gosling as Ken, and, a, and an incredible cast with so much, or like so many more incredible actors, including my soulmate, Michael Sarah. Like Michael Sarah's your he's soulmate. He's gonna be yes, and he's gonna be on the Barbie movie. Like ah, I, like 
it's yes. The only thing I can say it's that soundbite on TikTok that says, "You know how men acted when the Joker came out? This is my Joker. This is my <laughs> Joker. I will not shut up about it. When when this movie comes out, you're not ready." And for yes, I we have to go. Last one. You know who's more insufferable than people who are upset with the Barbie movie who has that hasn't come out yet? Frank Ocean fans. And you know who's even worse than Frank Ocean fans? People that act like they have a film major only because they watch A24 movies. Well, I'm both and also the person from for the Barbie movie. And you know what's the worst news for everyone that's alive now? That Frank Ocean apparently is set to direct an A24 movie. Boom! And this is a hate crime because I will not shut up about it. I will lose all my friends. I will lose all my family. I will be ostracized from society because... I will become the most annoying person ever when this happens. Oh, and that's it. That's that, what's happening I'm, on the internet and in my head. Thank you very much, Mara. On that high note, we end this episode of The Weekly Review. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Life. Life is the only thing we need. They need me to go, but I don't wanna leave. Rest in peace, little kid. Fuck a pigeonhole, I'm a night out, it's a different mode. I'ma have to make a paint of six on a pinky toe. Heard you with a shooting guard, just let a nigga know. I would have your court side, not the middle row. All good love in a minute though. I can't stress about no bitch, cause I'm a timid soul. Plus I'm cooking up ambition on the kitchen stove Pots start to bubble, see the suds, that shit